Welcome to the Western Reviews Podcast, hosted by the Western Wonder. Today's episode, the review for Space Jam, A New Legacy. Hold on to your favorite sports snack and enjoy the show. Greetings, podcast listeners and petitioner Westernites. You're listening to another selection from the Western Reviews podcast. I'm your host with the toast, the Western Wonder, and today I'll be taking a look at the sequel to the 1996 movie Space Jam, the sequel being titled A New Legacy. Will the sequel get a high rating for me or a low rating? Will it be held in a higher regard than its predecessor? Well, you're just going to have to wait and find out. In usual Western-like tradition, I'll play the trailer and return with my review. So take a listen, and I'll be back very, very shortly. This is Space Jam, A New Legacy. Welcome, King James. What's up, Doc? Bugs! Bring it here, man. What brings you to Tonewa, Doc? The computer dude kidnapped my son. What in the Matrix hell? What'd you do to my son? The only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little basketball. You want to play me in basketball? Mm-hmm. I need to assemble an elite team. You need a dream team. I'll take it from here. Sam, shoot the ball. Let's try that again, shall we? We'll get your son back. I promise. What's happening? Up the jam. I look expensive. Introducing the Goon Squad. What? I got it. I got it. Oh, she got me. I'm not a betting duck, but my money's on the other team. Pump up the jam. Yo, King. You're about to lose your family. Got the world in my hands. Everything you love. Well, at least we're good. Oh, and I almost forgot. All of the tunes will be deleted, so... Come on, guys. The Toon Squad doesn't give up. If we're going out, we're going out loony. Up the jam. You gotta win this game and get our son back. Up the jam. Let's go, Toons. I got hops. Eat on. Coming off the bench, Wiley Coyote. The machine's producing multiple Wiley Coyotes. Well, that happened. Now, two notes that I would like to add before I begin this review. Number one, well, it's more of a warning, but there will be spoilers throughout my review because honestly, there wouldn't be much to talk about if I didn't have any spoilers here. And number two, I will not be judging this sequel based off a nostalgia trip like some people may be doing out there. Because sure, I watched the first Space Jam growing up in my early years, but it wasn't as memorable as the other films I watched. Probably since it was released in theaters years before I was born, and a lot of the stars in this movie, the live action stars anyway, I wouldn't learn more of until later. Plus, lots of the Looney Tunes cartoons that were either new or being rerun in my childhood years either aired on networks I didn't watch often or even at all, or at various times of the day where I wasn't even watching TV. With that in mind, here's the whole storyline of the movie. 
So in this film, LeBron James, as LeBron James, accompanied by his son Dom, gets trapped in his universe by some guy named Al B. Sure, no wait, that's the R&B singer. Al G. Rhythm. Get it because his name represents an algorithm. <laughs> I don't have a strong joke to crack at this, so at the one in your head if you like. Uh-huh. Anyways. Al G plans to take over LeBron's current spot in basketball by challenging him to a game that will be attended and viewed by the entire computerized universe with a deal. If LeBron wins, he, his teammates, the Looney Tunes of course, and his son will be able to return home scot-free. But if pesky Al G wins, LeBron and his son will be stuck in his universe trap forever and the Looney Tunes will all be deleted from his system. <laughs> Even worse for Bron, his son ends up working with Al G Rhythm and his insanely technical team to prove a point to his father. Do LeBron and the Toons prevail? Or will Mr. Rhythm and his technical work ethic defeat his reign as one of the most powerful basketball figures in the multiverse? Well, I'm sure if you know how predictable movie endings go, you know how it all breaks down by the conclusion. Now I'm going to go backwards by doing the usual listing of the pros first, then the cons, but instead this time go around I'll break down the cons first over the pros. Let's get into it. Number 1. The storyline feels like a continuation of the first movie, regardless of how many times it's been said that it's a standalone sequel. I mean, I see what they were trying to do with the last part, but the feel good message was done in a slightly better manner than its predecessor. Some of the heart fits better with the sequel, the earlier segments in particular with young LeBron James and his mother opens the movie very well, but the predecessor has a stronger storyline overall. But this is just a minor nitpick out of my cons listed here though. Number 2. Another little nitpick that doesn't hurt the movie too much. The villain is a literal maniacal monster of confusion and unpredictability. Don Cheadle does his best with what script he has given as Al Green's Got Rhythm, but it just doesn't look like an intimidating villain here. And I know that it's a family movie and Mr. Cheadle has gotten to play more intimidating looking characters and other projects for older audiences, but nothing about him screams scary and evil, especially if you snatch all of his technical equipment away from him, which is the only thing helping this guy. But I will give Don Cheadle this, he brought the humor and slick style to Al G. Why do I almost say Ali G? And number three, a major problem that I have. The pop culture references are extremely overwhelming, even more so than the first. From the first 10 minutes of LeBron entering the cartoon multiverse, we are treated to a wabbit season scenario. What's up, Doc? You got a tight little man on you, don't you? That Meat Canyon parody still gives me chills, and not the good kind. It's all over the place from there, with LeBron, Bugs Bunny, and Daffy Duck cosplaying as Robin, Batman, and Superman respectively, one animation style reminiscent of West Side Story, flashbacks to WB movies from Austin Powers to The Matrix with Looney Tune characters added, Bugs Bunny dancing to a popular 90s song by MC Hammer, most of the crowd are Warner Brothers properties themselves, I mean, look at there, you got Iron Giant, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, Flintstones, King Kong, Gremlins, that other popular franchise, it's overkill at these points. Also, this rap battle is extremely, absolutely horrendous, and a reminder of how I was so glad that Spongebob didn't have to do this one for the third movie because it already happened in the sequel. I mean, listen to this. We rapping now? We rapping? Show who you really are, notorious P.I.G. No, God! 
What up? It's Porky Pig. They call me P Double LG. Step to me, he don't want no trouble. I was famous before the internet. Since 1935, I've been getting respect. This pig is lit. I'm super legit. Every time I'm out in public, people asking me for pics. You? Nobody knows you when you walk the street. How your last name, rhythm, and you're still off beat. From beginning to the end, I'm here for all the smoke. Your squad ain't all star. Your squad is all jokes. And just with one bar, most famous of all quotes. This battle is now over. The that, that's all, folks. That's an awfully hot coffee pot. And just like that, Porky Pig defeated the entire hip-hop community. I think the only pop culture reference that made some sort of sense, and it really is not a pop culture reference since she is a Warner Brothers property of sorts, is the Wonder Woman segment with Lola Bunny. I mean, that's the only one that made some sort of sense, and it wasn't too much overkill. But other than that, it's just a big factor into how this movie ended up longer in runtime than its predecessor over 25 minutes longer to be exact, when I thought that Space Jam 1 was longer. But how was this movie almost two hours long? WB did too much here and when someone in the studio probably even considered to warn him that this is overkill, the damage was already done. But I digress, let's look into the pros. Number 1. LeBron James has better chemistry with the Looney Tunes than Michael Jordan in the first Space Jam movie. Yeah, this was a great surprise here. Without the tunes, LeBron would have been sounding like he did when he first entered the universe portal. Uh, oh my god! I thought they killed Hello? Hello? Anybody? Hello? But once he interacts with the tunes, it's really admirable seeing them work together, and him seeing LeBron's reaction to how the tunes play and relish the sport of basketball. Number two, the Looney Tunes themselves were funny bits of the movie, despite a glowing voice acting change. The tunes also held their own with their classic charm, from Bugs Bunny to Daffy Duck to Foghorn Leghorn to the Roadrunner. I always loved Daffy Duck's sarcastic wit and the Roadrunner's antics when looking back at the cartoons. Then visibly missing in the fray is Pepe Le Pew for obvious reasons. Even though I wasn't a major fan of the voice acting change for Lola Bunny, and I like Zendaya, terrific actress. Her voice really didn't fit her. It's saying something that I didn't feel too distracted with underrated comic Gabriel aka Fluffy Iglesias voicing Speedy Gonzalez in her portrayal. And number three, and this helps my rating considerably. The visuals and animation have aged very well. The overall animation and visual effects featured in the sequel are beautiful and quite a sight to see. I think whatever much of the budget this movie has used the visuals well especially when it comes to Algie's team, some slick designs of his crew, most of whom are voiced by real-life basketball players, really make the whole gaming sequence feel better than a noticeable property farming in the background. And even though, like I said earlier, the jokes fall flat in this movie, how could I forget one of the most funniest bits from the entire movie? At guard, 6-6 from North Carolina! 23, Michael Jordan! Come on, man. That's Michael B. Jordan. Congratulations. You played yourself. Overall, my rating for this film gets a level 2 good enough rating for me. You need to leave!
Must you always interject when I say something you don't agree with, madam? Anyways, while the movie isn't all that great by any stretch of the imagination, it isn't too bad as most people are saying out there. I think younger audiences will enjoy it the most, even if most of the property farming crowd are part of franchises either out of their demographic or in essence considered too old for them to know. Overall, not too shabby a movie, if I say so myself. At least it gave me more work to do with this review than F9. I'm the Western Wonder, and this concludes another episode from the Western Reviews Podcast. Stay tuned for more upcoming reviews, you sure don't want to miss it. Follow me on my socials, at reviews underscore western on Twitter, and Western Reviews Official on Instagram, or at Western Reviews Official on Instagram, that is. <laughs> the pod is available on all platforms, so be sure to subscribe to the show for more. I hope you enjoyed the review, and I'll be grateful to see you tune into the next one. From Westernwood, it's the Western Wonder, signing out. Bye, have a great time. <laughs>